1: Hello, hello. I'm Craig Fields, and I'm David Long, and you're listening to week 48 of Is It Worth It, the film review podcast. Now we've gone out of our way to try and see almost all the films everywhere, Um, (laughs) even the bad ones, so you, the
0: listener, uh, don't have to. Uh, That's right, Craig, and we've got a great show lined up for you all today.
1: Indeed, we have. Why do I always do... Severus Snape Alan Rickman impressions on those bits I I don't know
0: do oh. you what is I'd like to hear a Alan Rickman impression yes we do. <laughs> ho ho ho. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um what are we reviewing today? The first film we're kicking off the show with is Rebecca, directed by Ben Wheatley, starring Lily James, Army Hammer, Kristen Scott Thomas, Keely Hawes, Anne Dowd, and Sam Riley. But is it as good as the nineteen forty Oscar-winning adaptation from Alfred Hitchcock? Stay tuned to find out
1: interesting
0: uh, we're then going
1: to be transitioning over to a, a film that we've seen in the cinema that's right it's Pixie uh, and this film is directed by Barnaby Thompson um, and it stars Olivia Barnaby Barnaby yep Thomas no uh, Olivia <laughs> Cook <laughs> sorry
0: <laughs> uh, <stars laughs> Olivia. directed by Barnaby starring Barnaby
1: <laughs> well it actually stars Olivia Cook uh, Ben Hardy Darryl McCormick Ned Denby and uh, have I said that right Dennahay, oh God, and Alec Baldwin, but to name a
0: few. I mean, we're off to a flying start here today. We're we're doing well, Craig. It's it's a cracking start. Um, We're then delving into The Secret Garden. This isn't the first adaptation, but is this one worth it? Well, it's directed by Mark Munden and has a wonderful cast, including Dixie Egerick, Richard Hansel, David Verry, Tom Jean Surridge, Amir Wilson, Julie Walters, and... Colin Firth. Wow, what a long list and what a cast. <laughs> um, well, our next review actually comes from Amazon
1: Prime and it's Borat, a subsequent movie film. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen is back as the much-loved and incredibly, incredibly controversial Borat.
0: <laughs> yes, indeed. And finally, we head back to the cinema and I'll be going hand Solo with Liam Neeson's Honest Thief
1: great stuff we should add it is reasonably late here uh, when we are recording week 48 um, it is,
0: well it isn't it is approaching half past 11 on oh tuesday my God. the third of november a very significant day for many many people on this planet
1: yeah so before we talk about that though um i just wanted to talk about <laughs> something really different um i I've put in the script, Craig. Talk about rainbows, and you. Oh, are, you've given what? it
0: away that we have a script now. It's oh, you moron. I mean, uh, some of it's scripted. Uh, true, true. Not all of it. This isn't. No, scripted. of course. Um, <laughs> so I
1: just want, just really, really randomly, I've I've noticed over the last few weeks, probably because it's been raining a significant amount and the sun's been shining reasonably, um, a number of rainbows. And it just makes life so much better. I don't know if you've noticed, but, uh, you know, as we're going into lockdown 2.0 here in the UK. Yeah. As of um, Wednesday the 5th.
0: um, At midnight. At at, at midnight? As in, like, Wednesday? Well, the lockdown starts on Thursday, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. So on Wednesday the 4th, just as the time ticks over at 11.59 to 12 a.m. for Thursday, yeah, we're going into that lockdown. I mean, seeing a number of rainbows has cheered me up. And that, that's, I mean, that's all I have to report on rainbows, but they are magnificent things
0: that you just see I mean, straddling I'm- the sky. I, when I saw it in the script, Craig talks about rainbows, I was expecting more than Craig literally just talks about rainbows. <laughs> <laughs> but they are magnificent, though. Have you I, ever seen a double rainbow?
1: Yes. I saw, I saw one a couple of days ago. It's amazing, They are actually. incredible. I saw a double rainbow, and then I've seen, like, the widest-looking rainbow with a spectrum of colours so vivid, it was unbelievable. And And I saw one today as well, driving back from Cambridge. Yeah. no you're right
0: there is something beautiful um about the rainbow um how are you doing (laughs) mr fields other than you know becoming a rainbow lover a rainbow enthusiast um
1: other than that yeah not too bad obviously going into a lockdown again is uh, not ideal um obviously a lot of the people in the country have been living under tier three conditions which is basically what the lockdown is for the rest of the country um it's it was coming i think a lot of us knew that it was coming um But in the way that it's come, there's a lot of controversy behind it. I don't think we'll delve too much into that. But for me, the way it's all come about is, I don't know. Obviously, the politics behind it is just ridiculous. And that is all I will will say about it because Mm. we're not a politics show. As much as I'd like to rant about it on the <laughs> Not um, another for, rant. F- yeah, I mean, but for you to disagree. and Because uh, <laughs>
0: you know, we all know that you're um, a Tory. Oh. oh, there we go. Uh, anyway, swiftly <laughs> moving on. No, what I, w- I did want to <laughs> say is going into lockdown 2.0, um, if you are struggling, if you need someone to talk to, please do reach out. Uh, we're, we're available on, on, on Messenger and you can email us. Where, y- where you are. Yeah yeah well yes um please do get in contact with us and we'll <laughs> we'll very happily reply to you craig did you want to touch about what's happening right now in america or are we not going to go there
1: i mean um i think in the news would be a great time no, no, yeah we can touch upon it here right, right right now i mean obviously you're an enthusiastic person when it comes to politics mm. and there is the obviously the us presidential um election currently undertaken or being undertaken, or the voting is, is currently happening as we speak yeah. right now. Um, p- Americans have been able to vote previously or over the last month or so, I suppose, via postal votes. By postal vote, yeah. Uh, you sound de- defeated on that
0: point. Well, there's all sorts of controversies in there around the postal votes and people voting for, with people who aren't alive anymore and how dodgy the postal vote is. But Yeah, and we all know who who, who they're voting for. <laughs> those dead people um no I, all i wanted to say was by the time this is out potentially potentially we will know who the new president is and i just think that's really exciting um so whatever world we're living in are we living in a a, a trump second term or has joe biden been elected who knows but uh, you the listener do know either way i hope you're well
1: yeah i mean i know you said it, it's an exciting time i find it terrifying david Genuinely, genuinely terrifying.
0: Well, I'm I'm going to be up all night. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to be watching it as all the states come in, all the swing states. Which way are they going to go? You know, I did a politics degree. You know, I love this. I find it fascinating.
1: I, I yeah, I understand that you find it fascinating, but at the same time. It, uh... It's it's terrifying. The the man that got voted in four years ago has has corrupted so much, and is n- I'm not a fan. I think I think I I, I I desperately don't want to talk about it, but at the same time, yeah. I I want to voice my opinion on it because it is so. I mean, we we did touch upon uh, in the Earth Day special actually
0: quite a bit about about. Well, we talked about um, him coming out of the Paris Agreement and what that meant.
1: Exactly, the um, Paris Accord. Look, I'm sure he's done some good, but I the visually, and um, you just don't hear about any of the good really. It's all it's all the bad that I hear.
0: I think a lot depends on on which papers you read and which news programs you watch. But I mean, we could we could talk about this for a while. We could, but on on that note, I know
1: you want to move on. I, I'm I'm going to say it though. But it, 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 when you say it depends on what you listen to, what you read, and oh, what you watch, go. <laughs> you're going to either listen to things that are pro or against, aren't you? Yeah, of course you are. Yeah. And there's no middle ground, really. You'd like to think the BBC would be that middle ground. Well, the BBC is incredibly
0: anti-Trump.
1: I'm not surprised. He is an inter- but, incredibly bad human being.
0: You know, I'm I'm going to go out there on, on air, live now. <laughs>
1: I'm making you feel uncomfortable, aren't I? Uh,
0: you're making me feel terribly uncomfortable. Our listeners are, are in anguish now. I'm going to go out on a limb and say but, I genuinely think... think... Ang- do you think they're anguished with what you're saying or what I'm saying? I have no idea. I'd love but to know. What I am going to say.
1: If you're a Trump voter... Um, please switch off and never listen again and if you're don't say that yeah no I mean that
0: no you don't I
1: do I genuinely do
0: no you can't say that I just did okay well we want all (laughs) of our listeners to carry on listening Um, and what I was going to say is I genuinely I don't know the result yet obviously but I do think Trump is going to win and on that note shall we go to the box office rundown and if you are listening and you voted Trump please continue to listen you're very welcome here you're not uh, right, shall we go to the box office rundown?
1: I don't know if we should. I think we should end the show now.
0: <laughs> no, let's have the box office rundown. Oh, Craig, what have you done? This is the box office rundown. Brought to you by Is It Worth It? The Film Review Podcast.
1: Yes, that is right. It is the box office rundown, but it is for a previous weekend because there are no other box office results. And it's for the 23rd to the 25th, was it? I believe. I can't remember. Yes. Um, that is, I mean, that's terrible, isn't it? I mean, how prepared are we for this episode? Not very. 23rd to the 25th. You're spot on, mate. Don't doubt yourself. You're doing well. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so, David, would you like to kick
0: us off at the bottom at number 10? So we've decided not to give you lots of stats and numbers. We're just going to crack on with who actually is in the box office. And in at number 10, it's Max Wilson and the House of Secrets. It's
1: not, actually. Read it again.
0: Oh, sorry. Max Winslow (laughs) and the House of Secrets. My apologies for my buffoonery. Um, this is a film that I haven't seen Craig hasn't seen um, but what's it about well five teens compete to win uh, a mansion owned by an eccentric billionaire the night takes a dark turn when they become trapped and are forced to face off against a supercomputer who has gone rogue this is a family sci-fi thriller um, it comes in at number 10 um, normally I would be saying to you the lovely listener uh, whoever you voted for um, that you uh we would be reviewing it, but unfortunately, with the lockdown 2.0 in the UK, we will not be getting to the cinema, so we not, will not be able to see this. But it is in at number 10.
1: It sounds like a very interesting film. It sounds like a PG-friendly family It does. It sounds sci-fi. like a potentially
0: exciting family
1: movie. Um, it would have been one that I might have wanted to go and actually see, but um, alas, as you said, lockdown 2.0 ensues, and cinemas sadly... Are closing. Um, and we, we wish all of the cinemas well
0: during this time because we do indeed. Four weeks could be a significant impact. Um, I think we'll touch upon this more in the news about yeah. the impact this lockdown could have on, um, on the cinema industry as a whole.
1: Yeah, definitely worth definitely worth looking into that and talking about that later on and having a bit more of a discussion then I think. Um, but anyway, in at number nine, uh, we have All My Life. Uh, now, neither of us again have not seen this. This is a film that is in the cinema, um, and it is it's like a drama romance, and it it stars Jessica Roth, uh, the amazing amazing Jessica Roth. Um, you, David pleasantly enjoyed her in Happy Death Day Two, I believe it was. Yes. Um I liked her in both Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day Two. Uh, or Happy Death Day to you, I think it was.
0: Um, yeah, Happy Death Day to You, yeah.
1: Yeah, she's been in she's been in quite a lot of stuff actually. Um I think she's quite up and coming in, in some of this stuff and I, I would really like to see her in this film um, it, it's it's about a couple who have their wedding plans completely thrown off course um, when the groom is actually diagnosed with, with liver cancer so it sounds mm. like a real heavy drama um, it, you know with a bit of romance thrown in there um, not something that I'm used to seeing Jessica Roth in because she's in these horror humours usually from what I've seen um, so it'd be interesting to see her in a more serious role um, like what this could potentially be Um, but again alas we won't be seeing this one unless it comes onto streaming services rather quickly like they might be Um, so yeah that is in at number 9 all my life
0: Thank you for that wonderful synopsis and analysis, there, Craig. In at number eight, we have Hocus Pocus. Um, some sort of time machine has been has been brought out for this. Uh, this is not a new film. Um, Craig's looking very confused as I as I waffle. Um, this <laughs> is uh, from 1993. Um, it's directed by Kenny Ortega um, with Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker. Um, sort of classic Halloween film. That's been re-released for Halloween.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is the classic Halloween film, as you say. It's If you haven't seen it, it's a wonderful, wonderful film. I do believe they're remaking it. I'm not 100% sure on that.
0: Um, they're remaking everything, aren't they, unfortunately?
1: Yeah, they are. But, um, you know, can it live up to this? I mean, only one what? way to find out: listen to the show when it gets released. If there is, a, if there is a remake, <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. So, should we move on to number seven then? Please, let's. Okay, leave. so it's Saint Maud. Uh, David, you saw this in the cinema, and your wonderful brother, Andy, also uh reviewed it on the show for us in in, in a, what can only be described as an, an extravagant audio clip that yep. he sent in to us via email. Um, which, if you guys have an audio clip, because we have no correspondence for this episode this week, which is devastating devastating <laughs> i know there's a lot going on in the world at the minute but um do listen do send in your audio clips uh you can do that by going to my mail is worth it at is it worth podcast.com or sending them to my mail is worth it at is it worth podcast.com uh record your voice memo on your mobile telephonic communication device and click the little share button and then email it that way uh that's the best way of doing it but saint more david you 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 really enjoyed it didn't you
0: yeah, it's a real. It's a very slow burn. It's an analysis of, of of loneliness of of one woman. But like my brother said, it's got a really interesting twist. In fact, that that she works as a nurse and she wants to care for people. Um, but it's very very dark. Uh, if you've seen the likes of Hereditary, Midsummer, um, it's that kind of film. It has some very shocking moments. Um, like I said, it's not got jump scares. The pace is not quick. So if you want a quick, jumpy, scary film. This isn't for you. But if you want a slow burn, in depth horror, then St. Maud is definitely worth seeing um, when cinemas reopen. And I would thoroughly recommend it when it comes out on whichever streaming platform it will be launched on.
1: Uh, then in number six, we have Cats and Dogs Pause Unite. It's staying, you know, middle of the ground um, box office. Um, you know, it's one of those kids' films that is obviously going to be enjoyed by kids um, but it wasn't enjoyed by Pete nonetheless having a wonderful time with his family and enjoying yeah. food and popcorn and stuff as a, as a last hurrah at the cinema at one point um, but yeah he said it wasn't a great film we haven't seen it, we took him up on his advice and said by by when he said it wasn't good so we didn't go and see it um, yeah. you know you as the audience can also convince us not to go see a film if we haven't seen it yet, um, just like we said email us in, uh, send us messages via the different social medias that are available and um, we, we'll read it out on air. Uh, David Brilliant. What's in our head? um
0: In at number 5 Craig we have Pixie uh, and we will in fact be reviewing that together. We have both been to the cinema and we have both managed to catch this and we will be letting you know if it's worth it on this very show
1: excellent stuff i feel like we've swapped um numbers here we Uh, (laughs) have in the
0: script we were we were supposed to do different numbers but we'll we'll roll with it roll with the punches
1: so in at number four we have tenet um i mean what more is there to say on this film we've been mentioning it week after week after week christopher nolan uh, back again in this um timey wimey kind of uh movie that plays out in such a ridiculous bond like fiasco Mm. um brilliant movie Um, some like it some do not moving on
0: Yes, um but what I would say is it is definitely worth seeing on the big screen. So when cinemas reopen, if Tenet is still showing, try and see it on the biggest screen possible. Moving swiftly on, in at number three, we have The Secret Garden. And isn't it great that we will be... Re- yeah, The. I missed out the The in pre-production so many times. Um Isn't it great that we will also be reviewing The Secret Garden on this week's show? <laughs>
1: Yes, it is. Um, In at number two, we have Honest Thief. Again, we will be reviewing this Honest Thief on this week's episode. David's going hand solo for this one. Um, I'm really excited to hear this because of the number of Liam Neeson films that we've reviewed on this uh, show have been, um, well, not great. There's been the odd, maybe one or two that have been okay. Do you remember Cold Pursuit? Yes. What was the other one that, that we saw? Uh,
0: the Commute. The
1: Commute. Oh, get, oh The Commuter. The cutter. Commute,
0: by the way, is one of the most ludicrous, ridiculous films about... Uh, Liam Neeson goes on a commute to work and somehow things explode. There's shooting. There's borderline World War Three. Only Liam Neeson can do it. It was an unbelievably, terribly bad film, but one that I would actually recommend because it's so ludicrous.
1: Well... And then that leads us to, to number one, really, doesn't it?
0: Yes. Uh, in at number one is Two by Two Overboard. Um, this is leading the UK box office. Uh, this is an Irish animation um, and it's doing really, really well. So it looks like a kid's film to me. Um, maybe a family <laughs> film. imagine if this was an adult film. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the post- Okay. Okay, I mean, this let's is be a bit sequel. More specific.
0: It is a kid's film. Yeah, it's also um, a sequel, isn't it? Pardon? It's also a sequel, I believe. I you're gonna make me look very silly live on air, I'm not hundred percent sure. No, I mean it,
1: the the original title is oops, the adventure continues, so I can only and two by two overboard really does mean that it's got to be a sequel.
0: Yes, I think you're right. Um, anyway, do you know what? It's great to see a film like this at the top of the box office. Um, it shows that families were going to out to the cinema. They were enjoying um, seeing movies in a, in a COVID-safe environment. And I just want to say, Cineworld did a great job with their safety measures. I've also been to View... Um, I think their safety measures with the hand sanitizers and the, the signage is also very, very good. So if you're worried about getting to the cinema, I would say it's safe once lockdown is finished.
1: Yeah, I mean, Cineworld closed their doors a number of weeks ago, um, so they weren't even available for you to go for quite a while now. Um, so The View, Odeon, but also the, a shout out to all of the independent cinemas, actually. have been really, 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 you know, they've been struggling, but doing also incredibly well at bringing in fresh audiences because this is this is you know they relish these kind of movies in terms of independent you know foreign films or uh, you know not just the big box office films which is what the the multi- um, cinema chains tend to show. So a big shout out to St. Albans, uh, the Odyssey, a uh, big shout out to the Rex in um, you know, the Prince Charles in London. Uh, these guys these cinemas yeah. are the ones that I really, really appreciate because these are the ones that are still going to be functioning and, and and doing really well when all of this is over, I think. I think the big cinema chains really need to, to do a bit more for, for cinema in, in some ways. Um, and it's, it's evident in, in the way that we go and view films now. It's an experience um and and going to cinemas like the odyssey is a true 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 experience going to Sydney world and view and Odeon is an experience in itself as well but but when you can go to an independent that has mm. the no, comfort that has 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 a great selection of foods and wines and and and, and, and cheeses and and and, and 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 other stuff as well i mean it's the, it's, the, it's 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 the, the the environment that you're sitting in is so much different it's beautiful and it's 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 a different level of cinema viewing. And, um, you know, at the minute, as we do go into these lockdowns, these these are the companies, these are the cinemas that need your support. So, if you are in Hertfordshire and you're listening to this, go to the Odyssey. So, it's odysseypictures.co.uk, or you can go to the Rex. I can't remember what the web address is for that. And order yourself a gift card um, for when, you know, for you or a partner, something for Christmas. And then, when you come out of cri- this Christmas and when you come out of lockdown and people can start going back to the cinemas, um, go to one of these places and experience cinema. At its full potential. Um, that's
0: all I'm going to say, really. Well, Mr Fields, thank you very much. Um, should I crack on and do my usual 10 to 1? Uh, yeah, go. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's not bother. Let's just move on. In at number 10, we have Max Winslow and the House of Secrets. 9, All My Life. 8, Hocus Pocus. 7, St Maud. 6, Cats and Dogs, Paws Unite. 5, Pixie, four, Tenet, three, The Secret Garden, two, Honest Thief, and at number one, Two by Two, Overboard.
1: So our first review on week 48 is in fact... Rebecca. Uh, so after a whirlwind, a whirlwind, a whirlwind romance in Monte Carlo with the handsome widower Maxim de Winter, played by Armie Hammer, a newly married young woman played by Lily James arrives at Manderley, her new husband's imposing family estate on a windswept English coast stands in front of her. She's naive and inexperienced and she begins to settle into the trappings of her new life but finds herself battling the shadow of Maxim's first wife, the elegant and enigmatic Rebecca whose haunting legacy is kept alive by Manderley's sinister housekeeper Mifis? Mithi- Mrs. Denver's. I screwed that up <laughs> right at the end. Oh, oh, well. Let's take a little listen to a clip between uh, the the leading actress here and Mrs. Denvers, or Danvers. She wouldn't have a lady's
2: maid, you know. I
1: don't want anyone but you, Danny.
2: Do you see how tall she was? <laughs> she could wear anything with a figure like hers.
0: Mrs. Danvers, does Mr. De Winter ask you to keep the room like this? It doesn't have to.
2: She's still here. You feel her?
1: I wonder what she's thinking about you, taking her husband and using her name.
2: She just want him to be happy. Happy? No, he'll never be happy. She was the love
0: of his life. So I think that's a really great clip that Craig has sourced there. I wasn't 100% sure of the clip he'd gone for. Um, it's the first time I've heard that. And that that's a brilliant clip. Um, and the, what I would say about this film is it's really striking in the sense that it's almost split into two halves. Um, the first half, you've got the love story. And then the second half, you've got the horror story. Um And when I watched this film, the first thing that struck me was how visually striking it was. Like, it really beautifully captures the era. And there's very interesting early scenes and characters. And I was really engaged with this love story. Like, um, I, I, I... was invested in these characters. I was on the side of these characters, um, but the style and the tone and the pace of the film really starts to change once we get back to this main house with our lead actress, unable to shake off her husband's ex-wife. Well, her husband's deceased wife, um, Rebecca. And I think the performances in this film are are really good and I've got to be honest I looked on IMDB and Rotten Tomatoes and had a little flick through the internet um after seeing the film and the reviews are pretty bad um the reviews aren't great I mean
1: uh, I I I can see why I'll I'll say that to begin with
0: yeah okay but for me I mean I knew straight away the, the the 1940s Alfred Hitchcock, Rebecca, uh, was nominated for 11 Oscars and won two for Best Picture and Best Cinematography. So as soon as you're going to remake, you know, Alfred Hitchcock's one of his first films, um, nominated for 11 Oscars, you're really, really up against it. Um, We'll talk a bit more about the characters... But I would say I, I quite enjoyed this film but there are problems with it and we'll get on to those. But I'd love to hear what you thought of it, Craig. Okay, so if we
1: start with, with the movie itself. Um you do start in this obviously this this these this this first half of a film where it's this romance that happens but it happens at this incredible pace it's slow but very quick at the same time so what do i mean by that i mean that the 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 way the story is expanding the way the story is moving along is very slow and windy and and you have this this these this this character uh played by lily james who is uh, you know doesn't actually have a name i don't think I think she is simply Mrs. De Winter, um, because she actually ends up marrying Mr. De Winter, um, Maxim, who um, they just suddenly find themselves getting married in this very quick whirlwind of a romance that happens yeah. at what appears to be over about a week. Um, maybe less. Maybe even less. And it just feels very, very bizarre. Now, I'm sure that the original source material for this, which... Um, you know is obviously held in high regard after hitchcock also adapted this 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 source material um is is going to be you know how true is it to that i don't know i've not read Personally, that source material, I've not even watched the Hitchcock version, which I am not proud to say because, obviously, he is a a wonderful director and one that has many amazing films. And as somebody who reviews films should really be up on some of this sort of stuff. Um, So to our listeners, I sincerely apologise. I I can't compare. But when you're going up against the director who is, you know creating suspense out of nothing this man the man is the, the god of doing that sort of thing he's up there with spielberg you know them two are the kings of creating suspense and 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 you know not revealing too much this film almost is is visually stunning and reveals too much in what it's showing on screen and ben wheatley is the director here on this movie and um, I, I haven't seen many of his films that he has directed, um, but he is, he, uh, there is one that I believe I have seen, um, and I can't see it on the IMDb list, which is terrible. Uh, <laughs> where's it gone? Oh, sightseers. Oh, Sight sightseers yeah sightseers um the, the, the that is an absolutely amazing film um which stars alice Lowe and kenneth hadley um to name but a few in that film it's it's long it's been a long time since i've seen that um but it, it really really good film and then we skip ahead to what he's going to be directing after rebecca okay and he's he's on board to direct tomb raider 2 and the meg two um oh God yeah I mean you know it goes on his indb list in terms of directing it goes from uh, Steve Coogan the inside story of a TV movie uh, some Doctor Who episodes and um, some other TV stuff to then to then directing um high-rise which was actually also really quite good um with Tom Hiddleston um no less and and then and then and then we're going we're going to Rebecca and Tomb Raider 2 and then The Meg
0: um, The Meg 2 I mean I'm still I'm still just baffled wow
1: yeah i mean and then again we have the we have the cast in this film okay well the two leading people in this movie Lily James who is 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 a, a brilliant actress. I loved her in the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society, uh, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. A brilliant movie. Um, and then yesterday again, uh, brilliant. And then we have we have Rebecca. Um, I I I didn't like her in this film at all. I just didn't. I wasn't invested in her character. I found I found her, and it could be her portrayal. Um, just a little bit underwhelming and 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 somebody i just couldn't root for as a person um and then we'll have the secondary character here army hammer's character mr de winter who is also a little bit hit and miss in the films that we see him in um you know i thought he was brilliant on in the uh, in on the basis of basis of sex um do you remember that film
0: I do indeed. We reviewed it on the show. Exactly. Um, I know you loved him in Call Me By Your Name.
1: Call Me By Your Name. Also a great film. But um, Social Network as well. I mean, he was pretty good in that. And then you have uh, the the bad films. Okay. um, The bad films that we will name are, starting at the bottom. um, (laughs) (laughs) Craig has a list. Well, of course we do. Um, The Lone Ranger. Did you ever see that with Johnny Depp? Yes, terrible film. Entourage, not so good. Now the man from Uncle, I'm middle ground sort of stuff. Yeah, uh, you know, like he is a big star in his own right, but again, no, I don't think he was cast correctly for this film. Yeah, you're not like, the first to say that. It feels like uh, the film has had some incredibly poor casting decisions going on here the story could have been you know developed with for this movie a lot better it just hadn't got the pace it didn't have the impact it didn't the 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 the, the, characters or the, the portrayal of these characters were not in i just, just wasn't invested in the people that i should have been invested yeah. in and 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 I, I i i guess i just didn't enjoy this film as much as you did and in you know visually cinematography wise what i was seeing through the lens in terms of the way it's been lit and the the, the scenery and where we're we're looking in monte carlo etc beautiful. But that's only half the story, right? You've got to be invested in what you're, what the actors are trying to portray. You've got to be invested in the story and where this is going. And the only redeeming feature of this movie, I believe, okay, is, in fact, Kristen Scott Thomas, who plays Mrs. Danvers. I thought she, was, she was sensational. And, yes, I do not use that word lightly. She was just amazing, okay? And what was going on with the rest of the cast? Like it almost like she was reading a different script. Like she had been handed the real script and everyone else had been given a fake one and they were (laughs) reading off that. Do you agree at all? Any of what I've said?
0: Yeah, no, I I agree with some of what you said. I mean, this is a film where if you're not engaged with the characters early on, you're in real trouble because Lily James's character. But
1: I don't think it's an engagement thing; it's an investment thing. It's very different. Like you have to be invested and be behind those characters.
0: But it's important to note that Lily James's character is is very poor. She's working as a maid, and Arnie Hammer's character, Maxim de Winter, is from high society and is incredibly rich. But she's and also, this whirlwind romance. Sorry, is,
1: I have to interrupt. She's not even a maid, right? She's she's simply somebody who's keeping a rich person entertained. Almost, she's like a friend, a paid friend. Mm. She's not even she's not even a maid. She's 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 working
0: but she's she's literally she's being paid to keep her company i yeah, suppose yeah
1: exactly exactly
0: that but she's not earning much money she hasn't got much money so this r- r- you know this whirlwind romance with maxim de winter is, is almost forbidden and that they get married incredibly quickly and that's why people look down on her when she goes back to the estate particularly um the the head what would you describe her the headmaid? Housekeeper, yeah, uh,
1: yeah, you know the, the, the Mrs Danvers who is uh, Mrs yeah, Danvers, yeah. yeah. I mean, but I, I I'm, I, I, disagreeing with what you're saying here. Actually, like the reason they, they, they look down on her is because Rebecca, Rebecca is everything that made this household work. She ruled this house, and you have to live up to Rebecca. So they, they yeah, all th- do not believe that this woman can live up to the previous. Um, Max, Mrs. Max's 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 De Winter, if I can
0: even say yeah. it right. Um, yeah. But at the same time, because she's not from high society, I do think there's that element of, of them looking down on, on, on because of that. There is, there is
1: that. I think it's way less portrayed in 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 the, in what you're seeing. I think it's always about Rebecca. Rebecca is is always at the tip of the tongue. Whatever she does, could she do it better than Rebecca? It can, it will. Is Rebecca yeah. the person that she's can she outdo everything about her life in this house is stepping into the shoes of somebody else's
0: life? And yeah, can and you fill those shoes? and i can I can see how it's been adapted from a Hitchcock film because like I said it's almost two films the first half with that love story and then the second half with this horror story and it is quite cold and chilling and the the cinematography changes and the the acting changes and the scripts change and it, it, it I like that I like being transformed from this love story into this horror story within one film um, but that 's the basis of
1: And correct me if I'm wrong, of the source material. So they've got that. Hitchcock's got that from the source material. Um, and Ben Wheatley's got this from the source material. And actually, um, Jane Goldman is on here as a writer. And we know her as uh, number one as being a fantastic writer and doing some amazing films um, such as, uh, you know, Kick-Ass, Amazing Kingsman, Stardust, uh, The Woman in Black. Oh, Stardust. You know, yeah, all really, really amazing films. But also she's married to Jonathan Ross, if you did not know that.
0: Oh, wow. Um, what a...
1: Uh, I was going to say news, but definitely it, not facts. Facts <laughs> with Craig and David. Um, but yeah, no. Um, you know, she she's adapted something here, and these these people have tried to portray something that keeping it in line with what she, Hitchcock has adapted and trying to keep some of the chemistry that that Hitchcock had had adapted to and from whilst remaining different, and I think they haven't hit the mark here you yep. cannot okay. you cannot live up to what Hitchcock managed to do i don't know I need to watch the film to actually know this for certain but I, you know you uh, for some for you know this uh, Rebecca that directed by Hitchcock won one of the best Oscars you can win for a film. Okay, Best Picture, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and, and, then, and it won cinematography. And, and cinematography. This film does not, cannot live up to what that film did in terms of get, winning a Best Picture. Definitely not. This is nowhere near Oscars. It will go nowhere near the Oscars. Um, and cinematography-wise, yes, it is beautiful, but it is not in line with what the story's telling at all yeah it's visually stunning like a beautiful painting but when the painting is trying to tell a story okay it it doesn't correspond to what the story's telling okay it has to have some kind of symmetry there going on Mm. and the film could look terrible and the story could be amazing and you be invested in what the characters are doing because you know because that's what film is all about like they have to coincide with each other sometimes cinematography is painting with light okay and a store and 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 the way the characters on screen portray these people have to give you some investment and
0: i understand exactly what you're saying
1: none of that adds up
0: you know it's all very well a, a film looking nice but if you're not invested or engaged with the characters then it's not going to take you anywhere
1: exactly but but there's a job that these actors and these directors and these writers have to do. And sometimes they align perfectly. Sometimes they align and it's not perfect, but you you forgive it. You know, you forgive films for their mishaps. But for this one, they just are so misaligned that I cannot forgive all of these mishaps. Yeah. You know, I I can only praise one person in this film and you know it is of course Kristen Scott Thomas and and that's it. Like Lily James does her best, I think. Army Hammer maybe does his best, but just really poorly cast, I think, from those point of views. Fair enough. Any 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 again <laughs> you can <laughs>
0: <laughs> is that all you can say? Is just fair enough? No, no, no. I mean, I I disagree. Like, I, I really then quite counter enjoyed this... my
1: points. Counter them with with backing it up with evidence. Give me something to.
0: Well, basically, like I said, I find the the two stories for the price of one good. I find the characters engaging. Um, I think Lily James was cast well. In fact, um, I quite liked Army Hammer. I thought he was he was done quite well as well. Um, the production design. I mean, you talked about the cinematography, the production design was done by Sarah Greenwood, who also worked on the production design of atonement. Um, so that gives you an idea that this is going to look good. Um, you know, I, I, I just enjoyed this film again, like Craig, I, I have to be honest. I haven't seen the Al- Alfred Hitchcock original, which, which I would love to have seen, but alas, you know, time is, is tight. Um, but as a, like I said, it, it, film buffs were always going to go, well, Hitchcock's 1940s one won best picture and best cinematography. Why are they even bothering remaking it and going to go in with a negative lens? Um,. Other people that I respect in the industry who review films haven't enjoyed this. Other podcasters that I listen to didn't enjoy this. So, you know, I'm a bit of a lone ship here, but I'm going to stand at the front of my ship at the wheel and say that I enjoyed this movie.
1: Look, I'm glad you're going and doing that and you're trying your best to, to sell this film. But, you know, I haven't listened to anybody else's reviews. I've I've not even written any notes for this movie because I know what I wanted to say. I knew how I wanted to express myself after watching this film. And I know that it wasn't great. And and I sometimes you, you have to wonder why Hollywood have to remake films that do incredibly well. Why can you not just leave it where it is? Like it's even yeah, a sequel. I mean- or it's a remake to make more money. It's always about the money. Why can't films sometimes just be about the art and be left at the door and leave it there?
0: You know, I understand what you're and, saying.
1: And, you know, it, it's disappointing because if they remake these films and they get it so, so terribly wrong, um, like this one, then, <sighs> you know, it. It just doesn't work. It really doesn't, David. I'm really sorry. It just
0: You it... don't have to apologize. It's good
1: to disagree. Um should we should we have the question? <laughs> I suppose so. Um what we haven't said though before we we ask ask these questions is where it is currently available. Now there is there is supposed to be it is supposed to be available in the cinemas. Um, I know the Odyssey was planning on showing it. Um, I believe, it actually, when this episode goes out, it will be playing on that very day, on Wednesday, um, which is actually Wednesday right now. Um, Wednesday, the 4th of November. It is now three minutes past 12. So um, <laughs> <laughs> it is supposed to be playing today. Um, it is also available on Netflix. This is a Netflix original. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, if you if you are wanting to catch this film, um, if you can cinema, perhaps would be a really great place to see it. Um, But otherwise, Netflix is your uh, go to place to watch Rebecca. Um,
0: David, I shall ask you the question then, Rebecca, is it worth it? Well, according to most people, no, but according to me, yes. Um, I really like the fact that, like I said, you get those two stories for the price of one, that love story, then that horror story. I think visually it's quite striking. I like the production design. Um, I think Lily James and Army Hammer uh, are cast well. Um, overall, I, I really enjoyed this film. I thought it was was interesting. It was engaging. Um, I think Craig is 100% right with... Um, what he says about who stole the show, um, which was... Christian Scott Thomas. Christian Scott Thomas. Um, but for me, it's currently available on Netflix. If you can't get to the cinema, the cinemas that are showing it to see it, sit down at home and watch Rebecca on Netflix. For me, it is worth it. Craig, Rebecca, for you, is it worth
1: it? Um, I do not believe this is worth watching either at home or at the cinema. Unfortunately, but if you are like David and you want to listen to his um, his opinion here, and he as he thinks it is worth it, um, <laughs> go and catch it at the Odyssey if you can. Otherwise, watch it on Netflix. Um, let us know your thoughts. My mail is worth it at isitworthitpodcast.com. and my reasonings as as David kind of I just want to disagree here. I don't think that it was well cast, apart from the one person with Chris and Scott Thomas, um, and I, I, I and uh, look the horror element. And the romance element, the two stories, the two halves, you're going to get that from the Hitchcock version as well. Why not rent that? Why not watch that instead and actually see whether or not that one's going to be better? I'm going to do that. That's my next move. Definitely. Um, But anyway, that's our review of Rebecca.
0: More arguing. (laughs) 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 Will we ever agree again.
1: We uh, subsequently move on to the next movie uh, on our uh, week 48. And it is, in fact, a pixie. Uh, This sees two young Irish lads finding themselves in uh, quite a pickle. Um, They they somehow run over a mysterious shouty man in the middle of the night. (laughs) Um, The boys end up with a load of MDMA, uh, 15 kilograms no less, um, which we Googled. And it also says in the film as well, uh, has a street value of 1 million euros. Um, I have no idea, and they have no idea, what to do with it, and along comes Pixie. She's an enigmatic Irish beauty with all the ideas and a serendipitous plan to avenge her mother, sell the MDMA, and live off her life free from the madness of the Irish countryside. Now, I do, in fact, have a lovely trailer clip lined up for you all to listen to, and then we'll go into the main review. I'm gonna tell you a little bedtime story. How would you like that?
0: Jackson! The fella you ran into was going to kill me. sir. Is he dead? No, he's having a f-ing up. yes, he's dead. What's in the bag? Guessing you fellas
1: aren't you? you used to being in the hot water you find yourselves in currently? Is that correct?
2: One deal It's way too big for you. Trust me. Oh,
0: sorry, Mr. Pablo Escobar.
1: Welcome to Sligo. I figure you got a corpse in the back of your car and you're looking to skip town quick, am I right? I should probably let you know up front that I'm partial to an adventure.
0: You're saying it's priests that are after us? These guns aren't gonna shoot themselves. They're
2: They're mad. Mad. Deadly gangster priest, yeah? The Lord will have his vengeance. <laughs> you best not see your little fellas when we get out. It's a dangerous path you're taking here, boys. One
0: minute, you're laughing, smiling, all easy breezy, like in BANG! stop what you're doing take your gun out of father and Abby's mouth this is a church i didn't know they had catholics in afghanistan she's got a plan i know it you think it involves
2: us don't you worry about that hey what's going on
0: should we go see the big scary drug dealer now
2: yeah i got harry ron and hermione looking at me i'll have to call you back bye bye this is a street value of just under one million euro
1: who told you that
2: i googled it Did that not sound kind of stupid in your head? It does coming
1: out of your mouth. These sorts of adventures are always more enjoyable with a positive attitude. Oh, you got a
2: sense of humor, I like that. She is quite something. That she is. I think we might be in a little deep here. I think we're absolutely.
1: (laughs) Hexy. Whatever you choose how many
0: roads you travel you find some way to break the rules make little trouble out there
2: there's no two people I'd rather be with travelling down the coast with a boatload of MDMA and a rotten corpse than the two of yous
1: beautifully put Frank I give up And that was a trailer clip Uh, (laughs) Well, it wasn't even a clip, was it? It was just a trailer um, of Pixie. Um, This movie um, was a real pleasant surprise for me, actually. Um, I had no idea what this film was about when I went in for it and um, came out actually uh, slightly disappointed, but overall really quite chipper in terms of what i've just seen now it is absolutely crazy i mean you heard a majority of the story from the trailer there and quite simply put it is madness um it's set though on the beautiful beautiful island of ireland uh, <laughs> in the countryside no less and pixie played by olivia cook is this as we said this very enigmatic and very serendipitous uh, i love those words um a character who, you know, seems to just ooze this this complete, um, I don't know, lack of care in the world, but just simply just going out on uh, on a limb on everything that she simply does. But she's really quite mysterious. Um, Olivia Cook, though, she the last thing that I remember seeing her. In was, in fact, Ready Player One, which was quite a while ago. Um, I thought she was really, 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 really good in that. Um, and I think she was even better in this. Um, But Ben Hardy, okay, last thing we saw him in was uh, Bohemian Rhapsody for me. Um yep. Maybe even Six Underground. But, uh, you know, he's a bit hit and miss for me, you know, like he's... He's somehow gone from EastEnders to to, to Hollywood. Um, oh, fair play to that lad! Yeah, I know, in, incredible stuff. Like, I mean, he is a good actor, but slightly, possibly miscast in this film. Um, he's not Irish, um, so the accent's a little bit, a little bit on the shaky side for me. Um, mm. But. The The person that I actually quite enjoyed most, who I wasn't expecting to know at all because I really don't, is Daryl McCormick. Um, who, yeah, I totally uh, agree. I, I thought he was really, really pr- sound in this film. Like, he was a sound geezer. He was a really fun character, someone who actually had a really great character arc in this film as well, because you kind of knew what to expect from the media, from the, from the get go from uh, Pixie's character. Almost you kind of get, you got that whimsical, uh, enigmatic feeling from her that you never really get any full circle with on that. You don't get any, Real character arc development, you know, free flowing story. It's just you get what you get with that with that person, and it's the same with Ben Hardy's character as well. Um, you know, he he doesn't really have that. What's what? What's the term that I'm looking for, David? I don't know. This uh, it's a form of storytelling. I really should know the the word for this, but it's like this final. I don't know. Conclusion to his character mm. you know they they never have that they're always gonna be that person, but I feel like um Daryl McCormack's character gets harland he he gets this resolution to his character he he's he's grown as a person um and I thought that was portrayed really 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 well on this on this um on this film um now I know straight away from the way you're you're looking at me the way that you're uh, sort of, you're sort of disagreeing with me about the movie overall that you didn't like uh, go on I'll let you
0: talk go on I I can't help but feel disappointed by this film I thought it was a bit of a mess if I'm honest there was so much happening but it was done in such a the 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 flow of the film was very choppy so we had like one scene and something would happen and then we'd have a drone shot of Ireland, and then we'd have another scene where something would happen and it didn't quite make sense what happened in the last scene and it was all a bit chaotic and what i would say as well is i'm almost glad actually that craig selected a trailer clip for that film because the best bits were in that trailer. Like, I always warn people about long trailers and spoiling films. Like, for me, th- having seen that trailer before going in, I'd seen so much of the good parts of the film, and it it just didn't... It, it didn't, in, in you know set me on fire. Um, I mean, it is completely crazy. You've got dead bodies. You've got a bag of MDMA. You've got Alec Baldwin playing an armed Catholic priest. Um, (laughs) It does have an interesting and funny start. uh, And it is an interesting story. Like it does does grab you. But for me, it it tries to go down this dark humour route. um, But some of these jokes don't land. I was fortunate enough to see this in view cinemas in Watford. They have amazing recliner chairs and I I picked the the one right at the back of the cinema because if I can, um, they've even got a little table so I could make some notes and there were four people in front of me and they laughed but sometimes they didn't laugh when they were supposed to Um, and I didn't feel as connected to the characters as I would like. Um, I do think Daryl McCormick, his character was brilliant. Um, I would say that. Um, There were a few scenes as well, which I just felt were a little bit pointless. One particular scene where they were getting drunk on the beach and it it offered nothing. It was about a three minute scene. And I just thought,
1: oh, why is this happening? Pardon? I disagree.
0: Did you enjoy that beach scene?
1: Yeah, I mean, David, this is this is the bonding of these three characters. It's, it, it brings us together. It brings that these three characters on the run are, you know, learning to get along with each other, going along the plan, being free, and one with nature, and... Um, yeah, but, you know, enjoying what little time they may have left because, because <laughs> of the way that what's going on in this story and the way it was moving. Yeah, definitely, definitely thought it, had, it wasn't pointless at all.
0: But, right, so they've got a dead body in the boot. Would yes. they really go onto the beach, light a fire, have a couple of jars of ale,
1: ah, take well, this their is, clothes off? This is the wonders of cinema, David. This is when you take... You know you know that this is an unrealistic depiction of three people on the run. It yeah. has the humour. What it lacks, and I think you may have touched upon this a little bit, is the darkness. I wanted more darkness. I wanted more impactful dark scenes to contrast the really happy go whimsical stuff that was going on because obviously you do yes you have a dead body in the back of that car but it's almost quite humorous because certain other things unfold now if there was a little bit more of a darker connection which which you do get a bit of a payoff later on Yes. I might I add, with, with that particular body in the car, um, you do get a payoff from that. And it is dark, but it just could have been darker. That That is its only downfall. It could have had that that punch in the gut a bit harder. Um, yeah. But otherwise, I, I, I liked the way it's told the story. I liked the way it developed the characters to some degree. I liked the fact that actually... You know, why not go on the beach when you've got a dead body on the car? Because what are you going to do? Turn yourself in, go on the run, or actually live in this moment and just <laughs> relish what you're so doing. So we all know what
0: Craig would do if he ever had a dead body in his car. I mean, those are the three go things. For a couple of beers on the beach. Those are the three things
1: that might be going through a character in a movie's mind. And they're going to take the one that's going to be the most entertaining for the viewer to do,
0: aren't they? I, I disagree. I just think we'd seen them bonding. We would seen we had seen some of that character development and I just found p- that particular three-minute scene of them drinking on the beach and running into the sea half-naked just pointless. Um, and, and another thing I would say, and it doesn't give anything away, there is a shootout in the film. Um, oh, beautifully shot, brilliantly shot. Oh, no, I terribly disagree. Uh, ridiculous slow motion, um, which just... I think just pulls you out of the out of the moment Um, so over the top and it tries to be almost Quentin Tarantino-esque but we don't get the gore we just have Catholic priests with shotguns booming in slow motion. And it's just all a little bit ridiculous. It didn't need... That slow motion was terrible. that's
1: the point. That is the point. Like, it is ridiculous. And you've got to really show that ridiculousness in in quite a, a visual way. And I actually found it entertaining. I laughed. I thought it was humorous. Like, the contrast... The juxtaposition of a priest firing a gun is hilarious to me. Now, mm. it might not be hilarious to to people who are, you know, very religious, but I think those people really need to get over themselves a little bit in the sense that that, that this is this is a satirical film in some ways in in what it's looking at and what it's talking about. Yeah. You know, it's 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 pointing some fingers at the Catholic Church in some yeah, way. It's, it's its making a joke of some of the things that are ridiculous. It actually might take a serious line on some of the things that it's trying to say here in a humorous way. This is why I wanted it to be a bit darker and I wanted that punch in the gut to just come a little bit harder. It could have done it. It could have done it so much. But you know what? Nonetheless, I forgive it. Unlike Rebecca, I forgive, forgive it because I think... Olivia Cook is brilliant. I think she's really... I can really invest in that character, despite her not getting that complete round-off of a character arc there. That journey that I think, like, she deserves. You know, I forgive Ben Hardy because, you know what, he's, he's a little bit woeful to begin with, but I, I quite enjoy him nearer to the end.
2: Mm.
1: Daryl McCormick is great, like... You know, there's nothing more you can say about that because he gets everything. I've already talked about it. Like he, he, he is the one that I really enjoy in this film. And then, you know, everything else is just a bonus, really. Alec Baldwin, hilarious. Yeah.
0: You know, yeah. And Ned Dennehy as Seamus again, I, yeah, brilliant. I thought I did think he was quite good. He's been in quite a a, a variety of stuff. You might know him from Peaky Blinders. Um, he's been in that recently. Uh, he was in Tyrannosaur. He's quite a striking looking individual in the sense that he's very recognisable with a sort of balding head and long hair at the back. Um, in most of his films, he, he, his character brought something to the plate. I think we will agree in the sense that there was so much comedy and so much action and so much chaos. I think, for example, a film like the gentleman, um, pulls that kind of style off better. Um, and I think if you're looking for a film that's involving, you know, a, a briefcase full of money or drugs, look look to the Coen brothers and some of the work they've done with, like, No Country for Old Men, for example. But if this could have... And it tried, I know the senior thing about it. If it could have pulled us back to reality and had that hit in the gut where it said, yes, this is funny, but actually now we're going to, because we've got your attention with the comedy, we're now going to use this to, to push something more dramatic and, and, and heartfelt and powerful. I think that would have worked. What I will say is the ending, the payoff at the end, I thought was quite good. Um, but, but overall, the film was a bit of a mess.
1: Look, I'm not going to deny that there was a bit of a mess going on in this film. But it's not as big of a mess as Rebecca. Um, it's it's entertaining enough to keep me happy. Like I was pleasantly surprised, only a little disappointed, and um, you know, I I felt happy that this was the last film that I saw in the cinema before another lockdown. Um, David, you saw this in The View, like you said. I saw this in the Odeon in Hatfield. as That was my nearest place that I could get to to see it. And, you know, I'm really pleasantly surprised. Loved every minute of watching this film, to be honest with you. Um, and I'm not disappointed that it was the last film that I saw in the cinema. You know, if I saw Rebecca in the cinema as my last film, I'd be disappointed. But Pixie, no way. Definitely not. Um, I think we might be good to ask questions. What do you think?
0: I think, yeah, um, I think we might be. Uh, do you want to ask me the question?
1: Uh, no, you can ask me the question.
0: Okay, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness sake. Craig, Pixie, is it worth it?
1: Yes, this is definitely worth um, a trip to the cinema, if you can. Um, I doubt you will be able to. Uh, if it is still playing after a lockdown, Um go and see it because I, I was thoroughly entertained by this film um, and you know it could be one of those films that hold a, a place in people's heart um, in terms of like a cult classic I think. Um, what? It, yeah I think this could be a bit of a cult classic later on um, you know many years later when it comes to streaming services I think people will really you enjoy been it. Have drinking? Uh, no I haven't actually but, it's, <laughs> but, it, but it is now hot, nearly half past twelve at midnight so um, yeah let's let's ask you the question david pixie is it worth it uh
0: i'm gonna say no it's not worth it what i would recommend you do is jump on youtube and watch the trailer um because all of the best bits are in the trailer or rewind and re-listen to the trailer clip because all the best bits were in that um it's a bit of a mess disagree it's it's a bit confused for me uh pixie is not worth it
1: have you been wearing your glasses (laughs) because i feel like you've been wearing them for the wrong films
0: mate i have a pair of glasses that i haven't been able to find for months where are they so it's now time for our third review And we will be reviewing The Secret Garden. Um, What is The Secret Garden about? Well, the year is 1947 and an orphaned girl discovers a magical garden hidden at her strict uncle's estate. Before we um, review this film, let's take a little listen to a clip.
1: your sister, you box your ears! My sister loves me much more than you. She won't love you so much when she knows you're poaching on the moor. Poaching? I will not. You ran from me. That says guilt. Guilt for what you did to my Jemima. I'm not sure your dog would like the name Jemima. Being as he's a boy. A boy? He doesn't matter. Paul was trapped in a horror trap. Tell me where i would find him. Why should I trust you? I know how to make him better. Trust that.
2: I need you to keep a secret.
1: <laughs> on my honor, O'Keefe. <laughs> Why have you just spat on yourself? You spit too. Then we shake, then we bond If you are too much of a lady, then there's no... I'm no lady, sir.
0: So that was a clip from The Secret Garden. Um, This film is actually based upon a novel from 1911, um, and it's certainly not the first time we've seen it on the big screen. In 1919, there was a silent version. There was also a version in 1949 and 1993. Um, The 1993 version is probably the one that many of you may have seen or know about. Um, My mum had seen both the 1949 version and the 1993 version. And she was really, really excited about seeing this. Um, and we actually watched this together. It was, as it was out on Sky Cinema. Um, did it live up to her expectations and my expectations well let me just kick off with what it start what it's about where it starts it starts in india with the tension between what would be pakistan uh, a very very tense beginning uh, and then we see this little girl come back to england um after losing both of her parents, and it reminded me somewhat of The Lion, Witch in the Wardrobe, um, you know, when the children come into that big house and they're told what rooms um, they can and can't go in. Um, the first thing to say is it is set much later um, than the book, and I found this film to be an incredibly slow burn. Um, I don't know if this is being pitched as a family film, but to me this oh, well, was... yeah, it should be. <laughs> um i believe it should be um you know this magical garden etc you know kids will find it wonderful it was a very very slow burn there's lots of subject matter here and i've got a list of things that i will touch upon later and there's a lot of symbolism in this film but what i would say is it's it's an incredibly slow burn it takes a while to get into the garden and once we get into the garden things unfold quite slowly um and I'll be honest, I I struggled with this film. Um, Dixie Egerick um, plays Mary, our main protagonist. And I thought, I will say, Craig, I thought she was, one, brilliantly cast. Um, I don't know if you agree. And two, gave a very fine performance.
1: Um, well, I suppose this is my segue to come in here. I thought um, uh, Dixie Eggerick, if that's how you pronounce her
0: name, I
1: think it is. Um, it's got an X on the end, yeah. but I th-
0: it is spelled Eggerick with an X on the end. So all
1: of these challenging names. Um, yes, it's, but we'll, we'll go with Eggerick. <laughs> yes, I completely agree with you there. She is. She was brilliantly Classed. classed cast as mary she did a superb job portraying um the 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 wonderful uh natured um mary in terms of the way that she grows as a character the way that she becomes this person that actually understands the world around her yeah now what is supposed to happen is that She is supposed to grow with the garden. The garden almost opens her mind to what could be and to to nature, to life and and to have this awakening inside her almost. But it lacked something. And it was, I think, the garden corresponding with the pace of this film and the way that it all came about. It is a very, very, very deep analysis of this little girl and how she comes to be in a place and her, uh, I don't know, her her learning about herself and and other people almost and how to relate to other people and, and, and empathise, I suppose, with other people. Yeah. But there is this just very slow nature to it that may have served it better... If it perhaps had a bit more action to it later on. Even the scenes when the garden is discovered, it feels almost like a pastiche of Disney. Um it, it's like it's it doesn't live up to the Disney kind of animation that you might expect, mainly because it's not, and it just hasn't got that impact. Now I think the cast is great. Like there is some brilliant actors in here and I think they are all, every single one of them, very well cast, but it's down to, I think the writing, the, the adaptation here. And I think perhaps also some of the directing, um, you know, it uh, maybe, may main maybe it is down to the editing. For instance, the pace comes from the editing, the director, the director directs the characters the actors he he builds upon that world with the actors and actually yeah. maybe the acting was superb so maybe it's not the director maybe it's the editing here and the and the writing of of how this is supposed to unfold and i think they that that's its downfall but i wasn't i didn't struggle with the film but i i wasn't impressed okay and it's it's only because i think it just doesn't capture the imagination it doesn't capture the essence of what the secret garden is about and and, yeah. and I think at its, at its essence it's the garden that is lacking it's, it's the garden that the, the, the energy that they put into mm-hmm. this garden that, that they're supposed to be able to I don't know tend for it grow it you know make it this magical place and it just almost feels not natural
0: yeah, I totally agree.
1: And because of that, it, there's these two things, the garden and the characters, and they don't quite mesh together in the garden, like in the scenes that, that allows them to grow. You know, the visually, actually, yeah. I think it is. and And because it takes so long to get anywhere, you just don't get the payoff that you want. Like, yeah. it, it is a lovely film. And I think a family with a will enjoy it. And with a lovely message. But it just doesn't quite work.
0: Yeah. Um, when you, I've, I've, Maybe for the first time on tonight's episode, I, I agree with you. Um, I've got to say, the analogy that I had in my head was when or- you talked about Disney... Oh, okay. And the magic of Disney. To me, there's some of my fondest childhood memories and one of my favourite memories of all time was going to Disneyland Paris with my grandpa. And there's something, if you've ever been to Disneyland, there's something magical about it. It makes your spine tingle. You just it's incredible. This film was like going to Thorpe Park. It <laughs> you know the rides were there, it was fun, you know, you could go on the roller coaster, but it wasn't Disneyland
1: for the first time in the Is It Worth It podcast history, David has not done a food analogy, but a roller coaster theme park analogy.
0: Like, yeah, this wow. film was Thorpe Park when I wanted it to be Disneyland. And for those of you who live abroad, Thorpe Park is a. Theme park just in Staines um, in the United Kingdom, um, quite a nice place, but doesn't have the magic of Disneyland, and that's what this film lacked. It lacked I think, something magical. I think what you're trying to say that Staines
1: isn't quite Paris or Florida. <laughs>
0: I think, yeah, Staines isn't quite Paris, and this film is Staines. Okay, um, it's,
1: it's a council estate compared to a city, almost. Yeah, Obviously, it, Staines isn't quite a council estate, but it's the city-wise, it's comparing, yeah, it, it, it's not it, quite. it
0: lacks the magic, but what it does have is it does have lots of themes. There's the theme of loss in here, quite heavily. Um, I mean, for, for a children's film, this is quite heavy. Isolation. Um, loneliness there's actually the themes of rebirth and rejuvenation um you know as the garden grows and changes so does our character um it was filmed in the summer of 2018 um and it for example it had a cgi robin in it that was just really obviously cgi and it just took away from the the some of the strikingness of the garden and You know, it has got big characters in there. We've got Colin Firth. um, We've also got um, Julie Julie Walters. And there are big names Mm. here and the performances are okay. But like Craig said, something is amiss with the screenplay. Something isn't quite right with the edit. Something is off with this film. My mum enjoyed it, but I don't think it blew her away. I don't think it was as magical. She wasn't transported into this magical garden that that she wanted to be. And I think there's something just lacking in this film. It's stains, not Paris.
1: (laughs) Perhaps what it is, is that, you know, those of us who have grown up with the 1993 version, which I remember watching it as a child. I don't have solid memories of it, but I remember the magicalness of it and being transported into this this just garden. I just remember growing up thinking, I wish I could have a garden like that, like mm. just this random garden that no one else could get to, really, because it was so hidden. And just living in in this beautiful place and growing all these things, and I just remembered that. And this didn't quite live up to that magicalness. It felt, it didn't feel real. And you need it to feel real to suspend your belief but at the same time i think children who will be seeing this will be actually captivated perhaps and perhaps they'll also you know this will be their version of the secret garden it's hard to tell when you've got a version already in your head sometimes um you know and and perhaps perhaps i've missed the point of this particular secret garden um i hope not but you know when you, you it's difficult when you have you have something that you you kind of knew when you were younger, and you you loved mm. so much. The same with you, with with Disneyland Paris, with your grandpa. You have an emotional connection to that, you know. And if you went to the not so good Fort Park, you know, it 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 doesn't quite have that emotional connection. Yeah, the rides are great; you enjoy it, but it just isn't got that emotional connection that you once had with a similar experience place yeah um i like your analogy very good um, thank you very much are we ready um, to ask questions or do you have more that you'd like
0: to say not really i think we've we've hit the nail on the head um i'm ready to go with the questions Hmm. Mm-hmm. okay i'll ask you <laughs> sorry i was just taking a sip of diet coke mr fields the secret garden is it worth it
1: i think this is worth it um if you have Sky Cinema, this is a Sky Original, um, or if you have Now TV Movie Package, this is available for you to stream. And I think there is no better time to get on this with the children. Um, you know, this is as we enter in the UK lockdown 2.0 that we've said numerous times. Yeah, you're going to want to watch films that are appropriate for your children, and I think this one really has an, a very appropriate message. It's a PG um, that says mm. a lot about what kind of film this is going to be. Um, it does have those really hard core themes like david said death loss and also you know trauma and coming to terms with something and growing as a person you know these are all yeah. core film thing sorry core themes that people Children need to learn, and I think perhaps this might be a good way to introduce it if it's a conversation that you're struggling to have, perhaps, with yeah. your child. Mm. Um could be a very good one, especially during lockdown, especially during this COVID time. This could be a film that starts a conversation with your child. You
0: never know. Um David, The Secret Garden, is it worth it? Unfortunately, I'm going to say it's not worth it. Um, I just think it's... A- I just don't think it's as good as the 1993 version. I think there's just a problem with the pace. I think there's a problem with the edit. Um, It's fundamentally a story about... Craig took the words out of my mouth. It's fundamentally a a story about coming to terms with tragedy and helping others. And there is something beautiful about this garden and what this garden represents and what this garden does. But it just lacks that magic. It doesn't have that sparkle. It doesn't have that wondrous exciting feeling that I want to get from a film like this I don't know why it felt a little bit like a deflated balloon plenty of themes plenty of gravy in the gravy boat don't worry about that plenty of gravy in the gravy boat but for me not quite worth it
1: do you not think though that it's worth a watch for the performances for the themes for for everything that you know that isn't great about it it's worth giving it a chance like it's no rebecca it's not rebecca david this is this is truly a better film that has a wider appeal. Why not give it a go? It's on Sky Movies. It's no better time to give this a go than now.
0: I just just don't think it's worth the two-hour running time or however long it is. an hour and
1: 39. Two hours is Rebecca.
0: Okay, an hour and 39. I I just don't think it's worth it. And I'm going to stand my ground and say that The Secret Garden is not worth
1: it. You're more than welcome to stand your ground, David. You don't need to change your mind, but I'm going to tell people you're wrong. And I think this is definitely worth a watch. And I outline those reasons, like... Not, not if if you're somebody like David, you're on your own perhaps, and you're going to watch a film. This isn't (laughs) going to be worth watching. No, but I'm saying, like, if you're on your own during lockdown, this isn't worth watching. You know, it's not going to be for everybody. But for what the people that I outlined it for, you know, the the families that want to watch something that has the themes that they want to start a discussion with, I think that's totally worth watching it for. You know, it's, it's educational in a way. You know, and I think I I think Dixie. Um Egerick, if I said that right um has actually done something really wonderful with the character, and you know it's worth watching for her alone, I think, yeah, so anyway, anyway, that was our review of the Secret garden. And as David said in that lovely little jingle there, it is now time for a little bit of news. Um, I think we're going a little bit different with the news today. We're not really looking things up. We're going to have maybe more of a discussion. So maybe that jingle needs to be discussion (laughs) Um, just because we're going to be talking about obviously lockdown 2.0 cinemas closing what kind of impact this is going to have on the industry as a whole can we move past this as a collection as a collection as a collective you know can we save cinemas um by you know bonding bonding together banding together wow i know it's late and these words are just falling out of my mouth now but can we though can we save cinema david
0: Cinema is in a very, very difficult position. Cineworld, obviously being a major cinema cinema chain, has closed. Lockdown 2.0 means that cinemas have to close for another four weeks. If I've not got more. To be, if not more. And I've got to be honest, when I was at View, the first screening I had to myself in a huge auditorium, it was just me, and the second, there was only four people in front. The only thing that I can say is... I can just encourage people to go to the cinema, to whether it's a, a big chain like Odeon or Vue or Cineworld, or get to these independents, because the film industry needs it, because it is struggling. You, We, we see that in the box office numbers, that pe- that pe- not many people are going to the cinema. Yeah. And it's not just about saving the industry, it's about saving people's jobs, people who work in cinema, people who, who work in this industry.
1: Uh, yeah, I completely agree, but whilst a lockdown is happening now nationwide in the United Kingdom, people can't go to the cinema. But So what are the things that we can do to to help encourage the cinema to, to keep going? Um, I talked about it earlier on, and that's buying gift cards for the cinema chains. If that is somewhere that people go to, you know, purchasing the um, unlimited cards, limitless cards for um, Cineworld and Odeon, um, but also gift cards for the independents. They still do these gift cards. So if you know somebody really, really enjoyed going to the Odyssey in St Albans or the Rex in Berkhamsted and all the other ones across the country, Um, we are saying go and purchase one of these gift cards that people can then redeem when cinemas do reopen. You know, by by financially paying for something like that now, it helps, I suppose, with their cash flow. Um, You know, it, it remains that they have an income still coming in even whilst they're not trading, which actually will be really really beneficial to these people. Um staff can be furloughed I suppose but you've still got to make up the rest of their money, you know, there's still 20% that they might not get. Um yeah. And you know for those people that work at Cineworld, um who for quite a while have been laid off, are they going to get reemployed and um be furloughed now that a furlough has being introduced for 4 weeks? Is there any point for that? You know, it's, it's a shambles in some respects, industry-wide and then, you know, country-wide as well because that, that same impact, people having been laid off, could they be, you know, furloughed for four weeks even though they've been laid off, re-employed, furloughed for four weeks and then could something happen again? You know, it's tragic, to be honest with you, in yeah. what we're seeing. Um I feel almost very disheartened, and I'm going to move this slightly off piece in terms of that. I feel like there's this quite north-south divide going on. Um, you know, the reports in terms of like Manchester, as uh, uh, Andy Burnham was calling yeah. for um, the furlough to be extended, um, extra finance to to help the people that were in the tier three that couldn't go to work, and. The government refused it time and time again. No, we cannot afford this. But a a UK lockdown and the furlough scheme gets extended, it's baffling. And I feel incredibly let down. And I feel like the people up north, the people down south, it doesn't matter where you are, though, have just been lied to consistently where are they getting this extra money from to allow this to happen it i just don't understand it and we're not getting an explanation properly um and it impacts every industry that's in the uk at the minute not just the cinemas and and it just feels like this is my place now to rant about it a little bit even though it might not be something you want to listen to does it make sense at all? Like I, I don't think it does any of it. And cinemas are a great passion of mine, going to mm. the cinema and watching movies, and I, I can't help feeling a little bit deflated at all of the situations that are going on. Um, you know, how can we be positive through this? What are the things that we can do to, to keep us going? like, David, have you got anything that can help? Us, everybody, in uh, keep keep positive. Really,
0: in terms of lockdown or all of it, yeah. I would well, you put me on the spot a bit, but um, <laughs> you know, just just maintain that positive mental attitude. And like I've said, I think Craig is right. Buy these gift cards and get out to the cinema. And when you've got the opportunity, and support cinema houses and. Um, you know, I did go a little bit off topic and you, you and, did a, li- a little bit, but you know um, what? Sometimes it's
1: worth doing that because sometimes you've got a voice and opinion on no, that's fair enough.
0: You've got a microphone and you're very, very entitled to use it. But in terms of lockdown, stay positive Um, keep watching films on streaming services. But when the cinemas reopen, I know this is the news section and the news is that cinemas are closing again. Get out to these cinemas. Like Craig said, buy these gift cards. Go to your local cinema houses. Um, it would make a great, great Christmas present. It really would. It really would. Um, support cinema. Cinema is in serious bother. Um, you know, uh, from the 13th of October, I brought this um, news article before. US movie chain, AMC, warns it's running out of cash. This is serious um you know this is a real problem and you the listener can help save cinema
1: yeah but you know what i'm not going to put this all on the the moviegoers like they the studios need to step up they need to present better quality cinema and take a hit on those profits a little bit and get the content into the cinemas so that people will fill like, there is more worth watching. Now, actually, there was over 20 new releases, I believe, last week in the cinema. Something mm. we struggled to cover, and we only got to two films out of those 20 releases, really. Which is staggering, really, to say the least. Like, we, we, we were quoted, right? Our, our podcast, our slogan is about seeing all the films in the cinema. And because of this situation, like, it it just makes it so much harder. You know, if this was a full-time job, we would have probably managed to do that. We probably would have taken it, taken the load, you know, seen half each or something yeah, and brought an an epic, epic show.
0: (laughs) The world's world's longest show, I think. It
1: probably would have been, but... Eight hours. Maybe spread it, spread it, spread it, it, mm -hmm, words, spread them across a number of episodes i don't know but it you know content is being shown but is it the right content do you know what i mean like hollywood is commanding the cinema and it's not you know as and and until america opens up again cinema is not going to be the same
0: really Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, st- the and the studios aren't helping by not releasing these films. And the problem is, is the st- the studios are assuming there are going to be cinemas to show these films in in a couple of months' time. That may not be the case. Craig is shaking his head or agreeing with me. You know, it's like let's let let's hold Bond until November and let's hold Bond until or oh, we'll release Bond now in March or April whenever they're going to do it. There's
1: even discussions is, of it going to streaming services now.
0: Yeah is 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 the cinema still going to be here at that time? You know, we've got Wonder Woman 1984. We've got um, No Time to Die. We've got these big films and they're taught and they're constantly pushing them back and back and back. And the whole time the cinema is saying, well, we've got nothing to show, like big blockbusters to get people in. It's, it's a, it's, it's a very dark time for cinema. It is. And, um,
1: quite a dark news section, actually. (laughs) Um, but a good one nonetheless in terms of discussions and stuff. Um, You know, is there any other news that you've got that you wanted to share with with everybody else? No? No. You're shaking your head with a no. I I don't have anything else that I really wanted to say, but it was just a real call out to our listeners. If you are somebody who can get to the cinema or can buy a gift voucher for a loved one or, you know, that is something that really will help um, the cinemas. And like I said, the the Odyssey in St. Albans, give it a search on Google or odysseypictures.co.uk. The Rex is similar. Just give that a search. Um, you know, these are the ones that are local. These are, you know, our listeners, Hertfordshire based. These are the ones to go to. Um, Herbie, wonderful Herbie, went to the Rex the other night. Um, to see a film, and he really enjoyed himself. It was almost like a last hurrah until lockdown. Um, yeah. you know, I'd love for him to come on and and talk about that, but unless he is very busy at the minute being a farmer um, amongst other things <laughs> and you know it's farming it, a lot
0: of pumpkins a lot of
1: pumpkins indeed um but yeah no this 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 was an important discussion to have even though it got a little bit out of hand from me um <laughs> but we shall endeavor to move on with the rest of the show
2: new
0: Interrupt this broadcast of Is It Worth It the Film Review podcast for an important announcement. If you're enjoying the podcast, we would like to remind you that you can now become a Patreon supporter for as little as $3 a month. This helps the podcast to continue to grow as well as offering the potential for bonus content and Is It Worth It merchandise. Your support helps the podcast stay alive. So why not become a Patreon supporter today? Head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash Is It Worth It podcast. Yes, that's right. A big thank you and a big shout out to all our Patreon supporters. Uh, it's now time for our next review, which is Borat, subsequent movie film. Um, what is this film about? Well, released from prison for bringing shame to his country, Kazakh funnyman Borat risks life and limb when he returns to America with his 15 year old daughter. Um, before we go into this review Craig has sourced a clip for us which I think we should take a listen to we certainly should
2: where is everybody I do not see anybody on the street it's, everybody's at home they're telling them to stay inside so they don't spread this virus there's a virus yes they're wanting everybody to quarantine I do not have uh, nowhere else to go could I stay in your home Meet you. Okay. Yes. How long must we be stuck in here? Well, don't know for sure. Till this COVID nineteen thing passes. What is more dangerous, this uh, virus or the Democrat? Democrats. Democrats. Oh. I think with the Democrats, with Obama, and I think it goes back to the Clintons when they were also in office. This uh, Clinton, they. Make this plague? Yes, yes. Mm, not nice. Clintons are very evil. Extremely evil. Supposedly they torture these kids. It gets their adrenaline flowing in their body. Mm-hmm. Then they take that out of their adren- adrenal glands, yeah. and then they drink their blood or that that out of their. I've mm-hmm. heard about things like yeah. that. Hillary Clinton drink the uh, blood of children. That's what we've heard. Yeah, or I've heard. It's it's been said. Yeah. Lucky for me, I was taken in by two of America's greatest scientists.
1: <laughs> wow. I mean, I, I love that clip because it just truly highlights the power of Sasha Baron Cohen as this interviewer, but in terms of like a character interviewer. So he, he spent years obviously doing this in terms of, Interviewing people when he was Ali G, um, Bruno, and then Borat as well, and he sort of disguises himself as these different characters to almost like a rouge, isn't it? To 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 or a a, route? Yeah, a rouge. I don't know my words honestly. Tonight I am tired, but it is a way of him hiding his identity to ask stupid questions. But actually, these aren't stupid questions and 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 show the truth of the person that are being almost stitched up in a way. And 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 that scene there is is no less it highlighted highlights the type of person that. In America, that there is a, a large majority of people that believe every word that that man or those men said about the Democrats. Like there are people out there that truly believe those things, and 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 the way that these interviews come about, it's they're not tricking these people at all. They 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 are led to believe that this is real. What 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 Borat is doing, like he's a real person. Mm you know in you know the only time that it isn't sort of in this film anyway that it's that they're led to believe that this is not a character or this is not a real person is is in a specific scene to do with a holocaust survivor now she was explained who borat was why they're doing this interview and what kind of point they're trying to highlight and i think i think um the rest of the way this film unfolds in in this interview style technique which was seen obviously in the first film with, with the first Borat film which I can't remember seeing properly so but I remember enjoying immensely I I'm, I think perhaps it was one of those films that I didn't pay much attention to I was a lot younger at the time didn't really have much care for it But since this has come along, it's given me this care to want to watch it because of the way it highlights really key issues of the time and does so in such a satirical way, Um, but based on so much truth, by getting real people to really show their true motives in life and their views and opinions. And one person in the film that I think did an excellent job of... Being as straight as they possibly could be is, uh, I think it's Janise Jones who plays this babysitter. or well, I say plays, is a babysitter. And mm. she, her, her moral compass was so on point. And I felt sorry for her because she truly didn't know what she was doing in this film. But yeah. she was such a kind and brilliant person trying to offer this advice to an, someone clearly playing a character in the, in the film when you watch it back you almost feel sorry for her that she's been duped into this movie without really knowing what she was doing and she certainly was because uh, there's been a, a fund set up for her that Sasha Baron Cohen has actually donated a significant chunk of money to 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 because because of how she felt that she got Done over by the film in a, in, a, in a weird way because she wasn't told exactly what it was going to be about, um, and how it was portraying certain things, and mm. uh, you know this. Uh, I mean, it's it's a difficult one because I feel like it's highlighting really key issues in a really unique way, one that is using humour as a way of do, doing it in a, in a in a satirical kind of way, but at the same time, on the flip side of the coin do I think this film is actually any good? And I think this is where you come in. I want to hear your thoughts as well on Borat here, his character and perhaps the film overall.
0: So I absolutely adored um, the first Borat um, from 2006. I thought it was so unique, such an intriguing character and just absolutely hilarious. Like so many scenes in that film are just brilliant. And you know Sasha Baron Cohen we've just seen him in the trial of the chicago 7 he's obviously been in other things like you said he was in the dictator bruno bruno i thought was quite entertaining um the, the man is a very capable competent actor borat was a cult classic and it, it is now talked about as a cult classic everyone knows who borat is very nice you know everyone loves doing a terrible borat impression um <laughs> like i just did there yes the question is why did he bring this character back? And why did he bring this character back in a very quick way? Because this film was obviously shot in earlier this year and it's been made and it's come out and it's come out before the US election. And there's a reason for that: is because Borat is offering a political commentary here about a certain type of person in America.
1: Yeah, political, but I think a social and political commentary yeah. on... on on society. And
0: the first one was much more humorous. This one has got plenty of humor and you will laugh. But underneath all of this, there is actually um, a really strong sort of anti-Trump message. He's highlighting some of what he sees as a dangerous man um, with dangerous ideologies and dangerous... um, Opinions and that he's highlighting that, uh, uh, um you know I wouldn't say a majority but there is a certainly a minority of Trump voters that tick all the kind of wrong boxes um, and he highlights those um in terms of the performances sasha Baron Cohen is obviously um Great. He, makes, he makes light, actually, of the fact that we see in the start of the film that everyone knows who Borat is and he sort of hides himself and he has to get these ridiculous disguises and he actually goes into a fancy dress shop and sees a Borat costume in there. That bit really tickled me. Sacha Baron Cohen's great, but he, he, takes, he takes his daughter um, to America this time um, and the daughter is played by Maria uh, Bakalova, and I can't. I must confess, I'd, I'd, I've not seen her in anything else before. But I thought she gave a really good performance as well. She's obviously quite young. Um, and overall, I've got to say, I I have such fond memories of the first Borat. I always worry about remakes. I mean, it's not really, Bo- it's not
1: a remake, is it? It's a it's a, se- it a is sequel. A sequel. Oh, sorry, my apologies.
0: Yeah. A sequel. Um, uh, is it worth it? We'll get to that. It has its problems, but also it has it's. It might be better than I'm than I'm making it out. You know, some of the political commentary is very very interesting here. And Sasha Baron Cohen has attempted to do something pre-election um, to put people off voting for Donald Trump in in many in many respects.
1: Perhaps I think yes, you you could be completely right there. But you know what? Is that a bad thing necessarily? Because he's highlighting things. And highlighting things in a in you know in, ext- in an extreme way to really hone the points across of uh, as to what this Donald Trump represents in this country of this time and how people present themselves and and you know it's it's the social and political commentary of Donald Trump, the way he's driving this country, the 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 nature of how people live their lives on their mobile phones as well, it, it even comments on that um the it way, does actually yeah yeah and the way that it perceives women in society these days and how they should be looked upon mm. you know it it touches a lot of key issues in the world or in america and 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 really wants you to to take note of this and realize yeah. just how ridiculous we are you know it you know and how much we need to change to make a change and one of those things that you can do is is vote a person out of the office and put somebody in there who might actually make a difference and that's what his message here is from one part for for a significant chunk of this film is basically is saying get rid of this man you know this person represents all of these things that you're looking at right now, you know, the addiction to social media. Donald Trump is one of those people who is addicted to Twitter and rambles like a madman on social media. He he, he is somebody who subjects women to, you know, disgusting behaviour a lot of the time, talks down to women like they are second-class citizens. Um, he also is somebody who, you know... Views women as objects, and you know this film really highlights that, and how much it goes side by side with the person who is in command of this country, the person in charge, and that kind of person in power erodes people's views in society. And and Sasha Baron Cohen is is really pushing those extreme things and giving us. This way of realizing that we have to wake up and stop what's going on, and we have a say in this, or perhaps not us, but the American people do. Mm. And and this is his way of saying, look, look at this. Take of it as much as you can, and try and understand what I'm trying to say here. Yeah, and 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 that is this is his way of doing it. And this is I mean, and I expect no less from Sasha Baron Cohen.
0: Yeah. And he can't directly go after Trump, but he does go after the Vice President Mike Pence. Uh, he does get an interview, or his, his daughter gets an interview with Rudy Giuliani, um, the former Mayor of New York. I believe, you know, very you know strong Republican, pro Trump and it's interesting because it is it is funny and there are really really funny bits and i don't want to give any of those away and they're very bore out and they're very graphic um some not maybe not so funny bits as well one particular scene i thought crossed the line um but overall for me what scene was that sorry it was the dancing scene
1: <laughs> yeah you know what i don't think that crossed the line for me it was it was pretty horrific in
0: some But it, but there there was commentary about um, womanhood, there, and what it means to be a woman, and... exactly,
1: exactly. So I don't think it crossed the line. I think it really—that's how extreme he has to be to get a point across, yeah. to make people wake up and realize that the commentary of what he's saying here is, you know, you know, talk about women's periods. Why should we talk about it in in such a a way that hides it? You know. Women have to pay for for their sanitary products, right? Why?
2: Mm.
1: You know, this is a, this is a commentary that's been talked about a lot, and and one that I could get behind. You know, you know, why isn't this something that is funded by the NHS? When you know, the 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 other half of the population that aren't men have to go through this, have to go through. Bleeding once a month, and which is essentially what it is, and and it's this almost a taboo subject that that should be talked about more. And he does it in an extreme way, yes, but actually it gets people talking about it.
0: Yeah, it is extreme, but but it's
1: it's the only way that you can get people talking about it in in Sasha Baron Cohen's eyes in a way. And I don't think it it crossed a line. I think it was extreme. And I did, and I was like, oh my God, but actually, and then I thought about it and it's the thinking. It makes you think and, and it gets you talking and it gets people like us talking about it in this way and highlights the point that he's trying to make. He's done it. He's yeah. done what he was trying to do because he's got the people that should be talking about it and voicing the opinion and doing exactly what we're doing right here. So, mm. so, you know, props he to him. He's succeeded that. in that front. Yeah, Exactly. So you might think he crossed the line there in what in that particular scene, but actually, I don't think he did. You know, you know, there's the the whole um, Epstein stuff as well. You know, yeah, that was proper making huge jokes about that. You know, but it got you talking about it.
0: Do you know what I mean? I mean the Holocaust denial jokes again. But as a Jew himself, I think he feels passionate about eradicating that. Despicable opinion that the Holocaust didn't happen.
1: Absolutely, and actually, I thought the scene that took place in the synagogue
0: was very touching. It
1: was actually, and and the the, the lady that he was interviewing, uh, forgive me, I don't know her name, I don't have it up, but she actually passed away after this was oh, filmed, bless her. and um, I do believe the family were trying to sue the producers of Borat and Amazon for, you know, what the interview. That, he, that took place there and saying that she didn't know but actually they had they got thrown out of court because she did know they'd filmed him telling her exactly what was going on and why he was doing it and it made a lot of sense and it and when you watch it back it it's exactly what you'd expect from Sasha Baron Cohen it's a a very poignant interview. And actually you can see she's on side and she understands what's going on here. She's not being duped like some of the other people that were being interviewed. And I think it really hit a chord with a lot of people. And I think for myself as well, you know, Holocaust denial is on the rise. How can something like that be on the rise? It really, it really makes you wonder what kind of, time we're living in Mm. it's a brilliant time to be alive but it's also a woeful time to be alive in some senses like we talked about it on the last episode with the 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 commentary on we've gone from the time of information like what was it
0: the time of information to the time of disinformation.
1: disinformation isn't it and it's so true because people are believing absolute nonsense about things that haven't happened or won't ever happen and they're believing things that did happen didn't happen like it makes yeah. absolutely yeah, no it's sense the power of the internet though it is and it's it needs to be controlled and i think i think borat says that in the film not in words yeah but in what it talks about things need to be done about A lot of things. And and Donald Trump is one of them talking so openly and freely as although it's fact on the internet needs to be somehow controlled in some way. Things need to have like a, you know, the blue tick on Twitter shows that you are the real deal celebrity. A blue tick next to facts I want to see. Do you know what I mean? This has been factually (laughs) proven of this statement.
0: Well, we 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 heard last week that fake news spreads six times faster than real news. Um, I think what this discussion has brought out, and I mean most people will go, "Blimey, that's a long review for for Borat," but there is lots of meat on the bone here. There is lots of commentary, and actually, I think I want to watch it again because I think Sasha Baron Cohen is saying a lot more than just "Yeah, she's very nice." He's 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 really got something to say about america and society and where we're going
1: 100 percent. it's all about reading between the lines with any any film that you watch with with sasha baron cohen in it because yes whilst it's supposed to be humorous and he takes the mick and and he he's always there's always some kind of hidden motive behind it and okay maybe not always but there certainly is a reason to everything that he does and he's gone from being this comedy act to a a You know, a pretty decent actor, like you said, in The Trial of the Chicago 7. And there's other things that he's been in that have been brilliant as well. But to my mind, they're not coming straight away to my mind. And it is late. Um, But I think this is actually a very successful movie, despite it having some, maybe some, I don't know, some viewing issues in terms of the way that you watch it, perhaps. I don't know. It works for me in terms of sending home that message that needs to be sent home. Um, shall we ask questions?
0: Yeah. The last thing I'll say is my brother um, listens to the show. He, he messaged me to say that not only did he like this film, but he actually liked it more than the first one. So some people really are loving this movie. But yes, let's get on to the questions. Craig Borat, subsequent movie film. Is it worth it?
1: Yes, I think this is definitely worth uh, watching the thing that I will say, however, is this is on Amazon Prime. You cannot see this in the in the cinema um, it is only available on Amazon Prime if you have Amazon Prime video. Go and watch it. If you do not, you can sign yourself up to a free trial for 30 days if you've not done so already. This is for Amazon Prime for all of their services. That includes Amazon Prime Video. So get on there. There's a lot of great content on Amazon Prime, as we've talked about previously. Um, Get on there and watch Borat. What is it actually? What's it called? Borat Subsequent Movie Film. Yes. Great. David, Borat Subsequent Movie Film. Is it worth it?
0: Yes, uh, I think it is worth it for all the reasons we've outlined. It's funny, but it also has a a, a real interesting commentary about America, elements of American society, but also the world in general. And Tasha Baron Cohen has produced something that will, in ten years' time, be looked back upon. I think, like the first Borat, um, in a in a in a in a really positive light.
1: Now we're going to be wrapping up this show with one last review and it's Mr. David Long here going hand Solo with The Honest Thief. Uh, What is this film about? Well, let me tell you. I'll tell you and then David will definitely tell you. It's about... um, Liam Neeson wanting to lead an honest life. Uh, a notorious bank robber, however, turns himself in only to be double-crossed by two ruthless FBI agents. Now, before David does go into a hands Solo review here, let's take a little listen to a clip of The Honest Thief*. What took so
2: long? Did you find it? We did. Right where you said it'd be. Let's have a chat so do we have a deal i uh hear you're a marine how many times you ship out quite a few actually guess that makes you kind of dangerous huh what's with the clothes and- Hey, okay. pick it up I'm turning myself in I said pick it up this isn't what we talked about did you count it the cash did you count it what would have happened if I counted it when you got to 3 million you would have run out of money bullshit Figured I might need a bargaining chip. Seems I was right. Three's a lot of money. Yeah, but nine
0: sounds better, doesn't it? So that was a really good clip for a number of reasons, actually. It shows Can I just say that's the only clip that had dialogue in it? Okay. Yeah. Well, I was going to say it's good for two reasons because it shows some dialogue of the film, uh, and which there, there there is dialogue in this film, but there's also a lot of not dialogue, um, and and also it shows what I think is one of the best parts of this movie, and that is the soundtrack. The soundtrack in this film is really really good. It's really tense. It keeps you on the edge of your seat, and. Fundamentally, this film is about, you know, typical old Liam Neeson. He's been a Marine and then he's been a bank robber, as you do, only as Liam Neeson could. And now it's time for him to come clean. And he basically turns himself into the FBI and says, look, guys, I've got nine million in... um, In US dollars, which I've robbed. And by the way, we then get a flashback as to how he robbed this bank. And it's just utterly ludicrous and implausible and ridiculous. But we'll forgive it and we'll go with it. Can I ask you a question?
1: Yeah. When that scene happens, does he look younger or is he, is it a younger man doing this? No, no. He's recent? So he's an
0: ex-Marine and he's actually doing the bank robbing in his older life. And when he's asked why he did it, he actually says it wasn't for the money, but it was for the thrill.
1: In his older life, do you mean like in the future he robbed
0: them? No. So Liam Neeson as he is now, what, 60 odd?
1: Oh, I see. So it's just him looking. There's no makeup. There's no CGI to make him. look No. So
0: there's. So he's he's been a marine as he was younger. He's come out of the marines. He's as he's got a bit older. He's started to become this bank robber. And now we have Liam Leeson as he is now, um, turning himself in. And it was never for about the money for him. Um, and p- the funny thing is, is the FBI don't believe him. Um, they basically think that he's talking nonsense. So they go and 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 look. To find this money. And obviously they come across it. And that's when we get to that scene. Where Liam Neeson does a really dramatic Liam Neeson voice. And he has a bargaining chip. Because there was only three million. So where's the other six? And actually. I find it quite interesting. And quite engaging. (laughs) Pardon? What? Yeah, no. Seriously, I'm. I'm sort of. I'm. I'm sitting there, and I've got a couple of cans. I didn't. I didn't purchase um, the five ninety five drink from View. Uh, I, I refused. I took a couple of cans of my own drink in there, and I was sipping away, and had a chocolate bar, and I was thinking, yeah, I'm quite enjoying this. And then the pace slows down for this really emotional scene where Liam Neeson talks about his life story to his love interest, and actually, this shouldn't work. But it kind of does. And I'm sort of on board with these characters. Uh, And I'm engaged with these characters. There is plenty of plot holes. I mean, if you wanted to dissect it, there are plenty of plot holes. But it all goes wrong. It all goes wrong with these FBI agents. And Liam Neeson finds himself in a real difficult position um, when he has to go on the run. And it's, it's just... An interesting film and I'm engaged with it, but then it starts to unravel and it unravels with one particular point where there's this terrible explosion and a CGI fire. And I mean, it's like really, really bad. And it was at that point I went, oh, no, it's it, this film isn't that good, is it? And the plot starts to unravel and the character development starts to unravel and the ending is a little disappointing and it's like they run out of ideas. And what I would say is this film is like a sweet romance, but an implausible story. And like 60% of this film is worth it. I would say the first 60% of the film is worth it. And I quite enjoyed it. And there's lots of car chasing and there's lots of fighting and there's shooting and there's Liam Neeson being Liam Neeson. And it's all, you know, really crazy. But it does unravel. It unfortunately, it, it just it it fizzles out like a firework. You know, at the end of a firework display, when it just goes.
1: A really bad one, you mean?
0: And then you've just got you've just got a box with a little bit of smoke coming out of it. Like you know, a good firework display, like the one in London on New Year's Eve, will have a really big climax. And it will be this was a bit of an anticlimax. This was a real anticlimax. Like it, it just fizzled out, and it just the film that it could have been, it didn't become, and it was a real shame because I was expecting to hate this movie, and actually for sixty percent of it, I really, really liked it. I mean, Liam Neeson was just Liam Neeson. How do you feel about that, though? About Liam Neeson?
1: No, how do you feel about actually liking sixty percent of the film?
0: Well, I, I don't mind it. You know, if 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 I like a film, I like a film, and <laughs> that a point you know i i genuinely did did like 60% of this film um i really wish i watched it now if i had to So time. Liam Neeson plays Tom his his love interest is Annie played by Kate Walsh um the two agents or the three agents i should say um we've got agent Hall played by Anthony Ramos uh we've got agent Myers played by Jeffrey Donovan We've got Agent Nivens, played by Jay Courtney. Um, they all give interesting performances, but Kate Walsh as Liam Neeson's love interest Annie is. She brings an, um, some emotion to this film, and um, you know those Liam Neeson films where you're just not interested. This one, you are interested, and it's a shame because it unravels. Um, so I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure I'm. I'm. I'm ready for the question. Um, I mean in terms of the okay cinematography it's it's all <laughs> just average sort of Liam Neeson action movie stuff um so you don't it, want the question <laughs> it, it, I I sort of want the question I think I've said enough okay um directed by Mark Williams <laughs> um i could talk for hours it's it's almost like i've been given a a filibusting um challenge how long can you talk about one film i'm ready for the question okay david honest thief is it worth it uh yes 70 percent of it anything else um no no. so overall i would say for the price of a cinema admission ticket honest thief isn't worth it um because it lets you down, it's disappointing. Your 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 hopes are built up your hopes are built up and then you're just let down at the end. Seventy percent of this sixty, seventy percent of this film was quite good, but the last thirty percent was a real mess and overall it just made Honest Thief not worth it.
1: That brings us to the end of week 48 uh, of Is It Worth It? The Film Review Podcast. Thank you very much for listening.
0: We appreciate all the supports from our listeners and Patreon supporters. A big shout out to our patrons. You mean so, so much to us
1: yes you really really do Um, if you want to get in touch with the show you can do so via email we've talked about it in the uh, episode quite a few times but it's my mail is worth it at isitworthitpodcast.com my mail is worth it at isitworthitpodcast.com you can send voice clips to that very email just record it on your mobile phone and then send via email click the share button send via email David where else can you
0: find us Please do follow us on social media at film is worth it on Twitter. That's at film is worth it on Twitter and search for um, is it worth it uh, podcast on Facebook and Instagram.
1: And if you're listening online through the website, you can subscribe to the podcast using Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music and all the good, great podcasting apps that are available out there um and uh david what about the last little thing you want to say
0: oh this is so important if you've enjoyed the podcast please do leave us a five-star review on apple podcasts we have got a number of five-star reviews and when i see them i love them i appreciate them so much so does craig um, it means the world to us so if you can jump on there give us a five-star review that would be absolutely perfect
1: great stuff well he's been david long
0: he's been Craig fields and, and good night. And oh. Good boo. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, we wanted to do that in time. What a shame. It's a late. We'll for- I'll forgive you.